Listener Production. On today's episode of Footy Talk, the big saw Sammy Jacobs joins us to chat through plenty of news that's dropped around the league in the last 24 hours. The Hawthorne investigation, the MRO, we chat Paddy McCartan, so much to unpack there. And it's also mid-season draft day, of course, with a few familiar faces looking for a second chance in the AFL system. We also catch up with Maddie Campbell from Alice Springs. That's all coming up on Footy Talk. G'day guys and welcome back to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy with all the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFL. Abby Holmes here for your hump day and joining me down the line from Adelaide, the big fella, Sam Jacobs. How are you going, Sauce? Thanks for joining me. Very well, Abby. Um, fantastic to be here talking all things footy, which, which we love doing. We love talking footy, don't we? But there is a lot of stuff that we've got to fit into this one today. Yep. And straight off the top, big news in the last 24 hours, of course, comes around the Hawthorne racism investigation. So Gil last night, um, very late last night actually, called a presser at about 8pm to address the Hawthorne racism investigation, saying no adverse findings have been made against Alastair Clarkson, Chris Fagan or... Jason Burt. So the AFL effectively, uh, that component, they remove themselves from this. It is certainly not oversourced, but it's nice to see us finally um, getting or drawing towards a conclusion on this. Yeah, I think the the big thing I think of in this situation, obviously there's a lot of layers to it and um, and there's a lot of unknowns, but I guess the welfare point of view, um, first of all, of, of, you know, the people that... um, you know, had had the the challenge in the first place, and then obviously, you know, the Hawthorne, the three people from Hawthorne as well. So, um, you want to make sure that everyone, everyone's going okay first mm. of all before we can sort of start to progress and, and unpack it. And I guess from an AFL point of view, as you mentioned, they've all been cleared, which doesn't mean it's over. But I guess yeah. from an AFL point of view, hopefully we can see Clarkson and and Fagan getting back to um, you know their sole focus being coaching and their teams. Yeah, well being first and foremost on this yeah. one. But so as part of Gill's presser last night. He said there's no financial component to the agreement reached with the complainants um, with respect to the independent investigation. The complainants who initially supported the probe no longer wish to take part in the independent investigation and they won't pursue any legal action against the AFL. So as we know, this is just one component. It's certainly not the end of this. If the Indigenous families take their stories to the Human Rights Commission, um, the first stage of a hearing would be compulsory mediation. So the names of the accusers would then become public um, and the accused Fagan, Clarkson and Burt will potentially look to take action regarding defamation as well. So it is it is messy, but as you said, yeah. um, you know, well-being first and foremost of everybody involved. But after it's been a long time, eight months or yeah. so, nine months, and for you know the coaches and everybody involved, I'm sure they just want to see this, you know, done and dusted and put behind them. MRO news. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a big night. Uh, Chera on Hickey and Laird on Neil. They are both free to play. So these are the first clubs to be successful against dangerous tackles charges this year. We've had 16 prior yep. to last night who have all been unsuccessful. Um, but these two, free to play this weekend. Yeah, I look at them and, and I heard Petrarca last night mention as well that it is becoming a bit clearer for, for players. And um, Every, every tackle which we know is different in, in isolation, but it appears now that if a player's both their arms are pinned and they don't have an opportunity to get 
um, their arm out to be able to protect themselves, mm. obviously we know you're going to be in trouble because they're in a vulnerable position and, um, you know, there's it's a real high risk. But if you're tackling someone, I guess, dump them, but they've got an arm free, it's almost like with the Laird and Chera ones that, you know, maybe there is, um, you know, opportunity for them to be able to put their arm out to support themselves. So mm. um, I think we're just really starting to, I guess, get down to the nitty gritty of exactly how it's going to look going forward. But, you know, thankfully, um, you know, Neil and Hickey were able to get up and continue playing on this occasion. But, you know, now if we can start to get that right where – I, th- I think there's been a massive change in behaviour of the way players tackle. Like I look at the Laird one and obviously I was at the game so I saw it, but he actually did change the way he tackled. He sort of braced a little bit and sort of supported Neil down, um, which he still got the free kick for for dangerous tackle. But mm. was it a suspendable offence? Probably not. Um, it's been a good result in the end. Yeah, well, it is good to see the players adjusting um, yeah. to certain things that we see, yeah. you know, season on, season off. But Luke Parker, he wasn't so lucky on Walsh. He still cops his one-week ban and he will miss this weekend against the Saints. And Jager O'Meara, dangerous tackle and... Dane Zorko for eye gouging. That one's held tonight. So we're still yet to um, hear the findings on those two. Yeah, I know. Obviously, Dane always <laughs> seems to find himself he does, in these situations. He he's, he's as competitive as they come, Dane. So um, thankfully, uh, Lukey Peddler didn't get uh, any any damage to him and he's able to keep playing. But I'll, yeah, I'm not sure how that one will play out, obviously, because the, the action was there. Mm. Um, but he sort of got his forehead. So I'm not sure where that one sits. So they'll get flushed out and... Um, obviously, Jager um, was a free kick against um, Spargo. Obviously, he, he went back and it was a dangerous action, um, but Spargo was all right. He was able to go back and have a set shot goal. So that'll be an interesting one as well. So see how that one sort of falls in line with, um, you know, the Parker and Laird and Cheryl one from last night. Watch this space. Still plenty to come out of those stories in the next, yeah, 12 hours or so. So let's move on. Mid-season rookie draft today. 321 players have been nominated and we've got a few familiar names. Um, we've yep. got Quinton Narkel as part of that. We've got Caleb Poulter, uh, Ben Ronk as well. So we might see a couple of players get another opportunity at, at AFL level. Absolutely. And Caleb Poulter, you'll give him a shout out. He's from my hometown of Ardrossan on the yes. Old Peninsula in South Australia. So hopefully he can get another chance. He's playing with the, uh, with, with the Footscray Bulldogs in the, in the VFL. But um, it's an interesting one. And, and, and obviously you've, I guess, sort of been a little bit to do with it with, with the South Adelaide situation and, and obviously your partner as well, Abby. And yep. it is hard for clubs to have players, I guess, ripped out halfway through a year. And I don't know exactly where I sit because I, I love seeing players get opportunities. And I think as an AFL, we do need to keep being creative because, you know, we want to see teams like West Coast and North Melbourne and these teams bounce back up. And you know, if there is someone who's playing some some strong footy um, in the first half of the year, it's great to see them get the opportunity. And Sam Naismith, another Ruckman as well, who's been mentioned a lot. So mm-hmm. um, it's great for teams to be able to get, I guess, first access. It's another opportunity for, to, for them to be able to rebuild their list or or for the, the higher teams to be able to, I guess, fix a need that they might have at this stage of the year. What do you think about a trade period as yeah, well? Yeah, I'm all for it. You're all for it? I'm do you know all what? For I am as well. Yeah. Because if you've got players that aren't necessarily in your starting 23 and not getting a regular look in, yeah. uh, but there's you know, I guess the need from other clubs for that particular player and they'll be playing, you know, week in, week out. I think it's a good thing. Especially if it's like everyone has to say yes. So it's not like you're, you're sending players who don't somewhere that don't, who don't want to go. Um, mm. I just look at the one and I know that's the one that gets spoken about the most is the Samson Ryan one when he was a bit younger at Richmond going to Gold Coast when they had no Ruckman a couple of years ago when Witsy did his ACL. Um, he would have been fantastic. He got a Gold Coast. He gets an opportunity. Um 
I guess the next layer is whether it's a loan or whether he goes back to Richmond or if yeah. if he gets traded and then he becomes a Gold Coast son, but um, which obviously adds another layer of uh, complexity to it. But you're I love talking it. loans now. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> I I love the idea though. Um, the more opportunity players can get to play AFL footy, I'm all for because, as you know, yeah. it's a really hard game. Yeah. Um, and let's try and give players more opportunity to play. I agree with you there. I agree. Hey, but what's your draft story? You were picked up in a rookie draft. Yeah. Um, for the boys that we know listen to Footy Talk every single day, tell us about your journey because, yes. as I said, through the rookie draft. Yeah, it was interesting. I um, I was playing league footy at the Eagles, and um, I was in the I was emergency for the um, the grand final that they played. So unfortunately, I didn't go to the draft camp. Um, so I, I had a bit of adversity straight up. I, I got dropped for the prelim final, and then I missed out on going to the draft camp, and then I missed getting drafted in the national draft as well. And that was on the Saturday back then. I had to go to the news agency, and uh, and that was the only place that had internet, so I had to watch it there at the uh, Ardrossi news agency. Um, and then uh, I was working for Rick McGowan, um, on uh, who used to be at Hawthorne um, in Adelaide. Uh, I um, I got a phone call and uh, Kangaroos rang me up, and I went over there and trained for two weeks. I went across with Lindsay Thomas, mm-hmm. um, trained with with Kangas. I lived with Corey Jones, and played uh, obviously at, at North Melbourne and Sturt. Um, and on the I was actually training at the Kangaroos um, the morning of of the draft and. Corey rang me and he said, uh, well, congratulations, mate, you've been drafted, you're still in the blue and white. And I was thinking, oh, how good is this? I'm still at the um, still at the kangaroos. He goes, oh, you've gone to Carlton. Oh. <laughs> so I know. <laughs> so at the morning, in the morning I was training with the kangaroos and at the afternoon I was with Carlton, which is, uh, Love which is that. weird. Oh, yeah. that is brilliant. That is I brilliant. Know. Was that a I shock know. as well? Like did you think you were just going to stay at the roofs? Yeah, I did. I did because you, you've sort of been there for two weeks and because I went there with the draftees like, you know, Todd Goldstein and Lee Adams and Lindsay mm. Thomas, you sort of just get used to the environment and I was quite happy and I would have been pumped to stay at the Kangaroos but uh, all went, all worked out well. went to Carlton and uh, I was very happy to go to Carlton in the end. <laughs> I love the blue bags. Oh, I love that. But we have seen some amazing success stories as well. So we've seen John Newcomb, um, Ash Johnson, yeah. San Durham, Paddy Parnell. They've all been picked up in the mid-season and, and been able to, I guess, forge really, really good careers so far. Yeah, it is. And it's, I guess it helps the recruiters because, you know, sometimes they just want to see a little bit more of these players because, um, you know, they haven't played, you know, heaps of footy at a low, a low level or, or whatever. So um, I'll look at someone like Paddy Parnell. He's, he's a great story. And obviously I'm close to that with him being at the Crows, mm-hmm. but um, he sort of got plucked from uh, regional Victoria to come over and play. And he was literally a boy. Like, he had so much development to go um, and to see his transformation in 18 months now to be, you know, being able to play some really strong AFL footy. These are the stories you love seeing. And John Newcomb's another one, which you admire him from afar yeah. because he is t- he's a tough inside midfielder and um, he's leading the way for Hawthorne at the moment. So, so yes. Ash Johnson's another one who's a, he's a key part at Collingwood. So all these guys that come in, they seem to have a, a big impact on the teams. We wish everybody all the very best with that yep. rookie draft today and hopefully we do see yeah a number of players get a, a second chance at AFL level and certainly some first-timers coming into the system as well. Some other news as well source is Paddy McCartan. So this one's really, yeah. really sad. He's been moved to the inactive list for the Sydney Swans. Of course, he suffered his 10th concussion earlier in the season and that vision of him going down was was very, very hard to watch. So he's now officially been moved to the inactive list. Apparently he's still getting or still experiencing symptoms to this day. Um, So we do wish Paddy all the very best and we're shattered for him, aren't we? Absolutely. I think Paddy, I saw that he's 27 now and 
He just wants to play footy. He That's does. All he, he loves all he it. Wants to, oh, he does. He does. And it's really hard to, as a as a, a bloke who's at the top of his game, like he had a fantastic year last year, played in the grand final, and to have that ripped away from him, um, you know, it must be really, really hard. And we talk about the welfare of players and coaches and, <clears throat> and whatnot in the system. And, you know, he's right in that sweet spot where everyone in the industry just wants to see him playing footy and do well. But we also want to see him have longevity mm. to be able to have kids and a family and all that when he's older. So... It's going to be really hard for him. Um, we know what he's been through, and 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 not only that, you know, his his brothers unfortunately had a couple of concussions as well. So, um, you know, we're really thinking of Paddy yeah. um, along with all the other guys who, who battle their concussion challenges as well. So, um, it's a part of our game. We need to keep tidying up, and and any anything we do similar to the tackles to to tidy up the welfare and and put um, the players' health is paramount to to our game. Mm, yes. We certainly send all of our love and support to Paddy McCartan and hopefully um, he'll still be around the footy club, which is what we're hearing. Yep. He'll still be heavily involved at the Great. Sydney Swans, but we just won't see him pulling on the Guernsey again in 2023. Hey, so stick around. Thanks for that first seg. You're a star as per usual, but we've got a big guest joining us after the break. Maddie Campbell joins us for Central Australia. Can't wait to chat to him. Source, do I have a treat for you today? And Maddie Campbell joins us down the line. He is the AFLNT Regional Development Coach and also an ex-Roo, as we know. Maddie, thanks so much for joining us on Footy Talk today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Now, you two had a few battles along the journey, didn't you, Source? Back in yep. the SANFL days and then through to some VFL action when you're on lists? Yeah, I don't know how much um, Maddie will remember, but we played, obviously, you were at North Adelaide and I was at, um, at Eagles at the time. And then we both got drafted. You went to the Kangaroos. I went to Carlton. So we played a little bit of VFL against each other. I remember one day that Eddie Betts got dropped, one of the few times he did, and you two just had an absolute ball playing against each other. You just followed each other around. You were just laughing and, and all that sort of stuff. And I remember you boys were just were just totally enjoying just playing VFL footy against each other. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, um, it's not nice being dropped or playing in the VFL. No. Um, but any time you're sort of out there against mates, it, it's always good to have a bit of a laugh, I suppose. And Maddie, where are you today? As we said, you've got a regional development role with AFLNT. We know you're Central Australia, but you just mentioned um, off air to us that you're back in your homeland at the moment, about 25 or so out of out of Alice Springs. Yeah, so yeah, we got our um, our family sort of homelands here, just about 25 k's out, so just out to the west of um, Alice Springs, yeah, towards Ellery Creek um, mm. swimming hole and Stanley Chasm, so. Yeah, just sitting out here. We're pretty lucky these days. In 2023, we got some um, pretty good Wi-Fi and <laughs> phone reception. So yeah, it's it's a it's a nice place to um, spend my out of office hours. Now, Maddie, uh, obviously back in back in Alice, and tell us a bit about now. I guess what you're doing um, in the coaching space in Alice Springs, and and also a little bit about the talent coming through. Yeah, so pretty much what we're trying to do is just do what Tasmania's done and set up a hub system where. Um, yeah, we're not all, always having to go to Darwin to train and be selected in the NT Academy. So um, a full-time coach down here allows us to do that. Mm-hmm. And I can um, also service our, our our guys in Tenor Creek, which is about five-hour drive for myself um, once we get that set up too. So, yeah, it's a pretty hard place to try and have a territory team go away and play because we've got kids all over the, the region. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can set up hubs in, the, in our major areas that'll that'll reach those smaller areas too. And we... Um, can identify talent more more better, I suppose. 
And how pumped are you for this weekend? So a Central Australia rep team is playing the Mighty Tars, my NTFL club. They won the flag in the 22-23 Premier League season in the NTFL this year. You've got a curtain raiser against them uh, for the Suns and Crows match on Saturday. I'm sure the boys are pretty pumped to get up there and play as that curtain raiser to the AFL clash. Yeah, we've got our... um Guernsey presentation tonight, so yeah, we've got a few of the old legends that have that have played in the Guernsey and played in the rep game teams before. So yeah, look, it's it's first time we've had a rep game from our own footy league. Head up to um, Darwin this weekend, and like you said, Abs take on the the reigning premiers. Um, should be a good contest. It, it's it's always good when um, a Darwin team takes on an Alice Springs team. The the Berrima line rivalry. Um, hopefully we can re- reignite that. Yeah, they talk about Carlton and Collingwood rivalry, but I think this <laughs> Alice Springs Darwin rivalry probably rivals that easily. Absolutely. Now, Maddie, we've seen obviously the Gold Coast play the Bulldogs up in Darwin last week, and then um, this week the the Gold Coast Suns are playing the Crows. How important is it to have AFL footy um, up in the territory? And you can see how much the, the locals enjoy having the players there, mingling with the players. You know, there's photos and cameras and Guernseys everywhere in the game. How important is it for, I guess, to keep kids engaged with uh, footy up there? Oh, it's massive, mate. This this is their this is their livelihood, you know. A lot of these kids, their AFL stars are gods to them. And to rub shoulders with some of them, it, it, you know, it's, it's an unbelievable experience for these kids. It's something they talk about for the rest of their life, mm. uh, especially the remote communities. They, they love when the AFL teams get out there. Um, yeah, it's great to have footy in the territory. It's great to have AFL games. But I just think it's it's a real life changer and it's a great um, you know, thing for our community, especially the amount of media um, stuff we've had in the past, you know, the last probably six to 12 months, the, the negativity around the territory. But, you know, AFL footy is one thing that brings all races yeah. together, I, I believe, in Australia and, and especially up here in the territory, you know, our, our Indigenous communities and Indigenous kids that don't get the opportunity to see these guys regularly um, th- this is a highlight for them. You know, this, this two-week game, uh, two games in a row for the Gold Coast Suns is probably a brilliant idea. And you know, hopefully one day we'll get two weeks, um, two games in Alice Springs too, and you know, maybe even Tenner Creek. So yeah. I'd love to see a game played at Ayers Rock, Sammy, but maybe I'm <laughs> dreaming too far. Oh, it's a beautiful, Dream beautiful big. part of the world. But Dream the footy, footy does mean so much to so many in the Territory. And I got quite emotional on on Saturday, Lloyd Johnson, um, he played in the VFL game before um, the AFL boys, obviously, but he had his entire family there. And post-match, he's just, you know, they're all crying, telling him how proud they are of him. And, um, yeah, I was very fortunate to capture that vision, actually. But for the Gold Coast Suns, they've got eight boys on their list with connections to the NT. So they really are creating, I guess, that that Territory Suns brand, aren't they, Maddie? And I guess building a really strong support network in the NT and bloody hell, they're creating a fortress at TIO Stadium as well, which has been very impressive to watch. Yeah, well, you know, if, if you want to get an area behind you um, with support, you know, and obviously that's what Gold Coast are trying to do. They're trying to get a, a home away from home. Um, you know, speaking from experience, we used to play home games up on the Gold Coast um, early days at North Melbourne and then obviously transitioned down to Tasmania and you know, it sort of made sense, I suppose, to to try and get some kids that are from the area to play. And like you said, Ab Lloyd's only playing in the VFL for Gold Coast, but I reckon there would have been more loud people down there watching him play in that <laughs> VFL game than there was watching the AFL game. And but that's what it's all about, too. You know, it's about our our, our lads that get to the top. You know, being able to showcase their talent at home mm. against um, you know, AFL opposition or opposition, and that's why an AFL license, I think, down the track is 
is going to be sensational yeah. for the territory. And it, you know, for the lads that are on the list, it's going to be an amazing, amazing um, boost for them to play at home. Mm. Not only every you know, twice a year, but every second or third week at least. Yeah, absolutely. Here, here. Um, quickly, before we let you go as well, with your role, we're all looking to, I guess, make an impact, create change, grow the game. But what what is it that you want to see with footy in the NT, particularly in Central Australia? And um, yeah, I, I guess in, in your role in particular, you'd be striving to create some, I guess, really positive change in the footy space down there. Yeah, um, it, it's a hard one because obviously, you know, talent pathways, you, you want to get kids onto AFL list. But, you know, I, I know the reality of what it's like to make in the AFL and the percentages of it all, um, especially, you know, with our territory kids, you know, the um, the draft and the way kids are being picked up now and the way they're being scrutinised a lot more. So I'm, I'm more leaning towards the side of developing better young men and young women. Yeah. Um, you know, that not only that can go and play AFL, that, you know, that's the, that's the ultimate goal, but if I can get more of our kids involved in football in general, you know, and I'm talking about people that can run the league, people that can run the umpiring, people that can coach, um, be involved in their, their local club's longevity, um, I think that's a, a more achievable mm-hmm. outcome than saying, look, each year I want to get five kids drafted. You know, that's, yep. that's an unrealistic sort of goal. So if I can teach our kids about the whole holistic approach of footy, you know, being involved at a local level, mm. um, yeah, you know, that that's going to be sustainable a lot longer than than having five of our kids go away to the AFL. That's because I see it as five kids that are move leaving our town. So mm. the other fifteen or twenty that are in my academy, what are they going to do? So if I can't touch those kids and help them with their footballing journey in some way, then I think I'll be failing. So that that's my holistic approach of it is having more and of our kids um, developing to become better leaders in the community and better leaders in their footy um, community. We're an absolute superstar. Um, yeah, that, that was awesome. And we wish you all the very best this weekend with your Central Australian team travelling to the top end to take on the Tars as the curtain raiser. And, yeah, we really appreciate your time on Footy Talk this morning. No, thanks for having me on. And I know that would have been hard for you to say good luck this weekend against Tars. <laughs> Absolutely. Like that. I know. We'll, we'll see who takes the points. We'll see who takes the points. Thanks, Maddie. Appreciate thanks, it. Thank you. Hey, Sauce, it would be remiss of us not to chat Adelaide Football Club this week with you down the line from Adelaide. But, gee, they were impressive on the weekend, weren't they, on Sunday? Rolling one of the flag favourites in the Brisbane Lions. I was absolutely pumped to see them get away with a win by 17 points. Yeah, it was. It was, uh, it was, an, it was an outstanding game by the boys. And, you know, at times Brisbane Brisbane peppered the goals and they were able to withstand that. And I think that was sort of – and Nixie spoke about it after the game and that's sort of one of the big growth areas is that we know when we play the better teams that they're going to have moments and mm. they're going to have momentum for periods of time and it's about how you withstand that. And I guess against the Bulldogs seven week, uh, seven days prior in Ballarat, you know, they, they dominated us for patches of the game. We weren't able to sort of stop it. So I guess it's just good growth, um, you know, the following week to be able to do it against Brisbane and um, just a, a, ma- a massive – win that can hopefully now springboard us. Another big game though this weekend, we just spoke about the Gold Coast Suns with Maddie and how they are creating a fortress up there at TIO Stadium. True or false? I've heard that the Crows midfield coach, Nathan Van Berlo, VB, <laughs> has had the boys training with heaters on. Is is that correct? That's very, very true. <laughs> <laughs> so we know what coaches are like. I mean, they, they, they try everything to get the boys going. And, yeah. Um, it depends which way you look at it. Gold Coast have sort of got a head start. You know, they're, they're up there playing a game last week and now they're staying up there this week as well. So um, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. So the boys are going from Ballarat in the freezing mm. cold 
to Adelaide, which is, you know, pretty neutral conditions. Now they go to Darwin in 30 degrees. So in three yeah. weeks they're playing in completely different climate mats. So um, I guess you have to get a bit of cre- bit creative in the footy department of trying to acclimatise the boys. But they're sitting pretty, aren't they, at the moment, Adelaide? After the Suns this weekend, they've then got the Eagles. They've yep. got a bye. So if they could potentially get eight points on the board in the next few weeks heading into the bye, they'd, they'd be in a pretty good spot. And we spoke on Monday about their run home as well. They, of course, have West Coast twice as well, which, you know, nothing against yeah. the Eagles. They're certainly... We know where they're at. Not, yeah. yeah, not where they want to be. So they do have a pretty good run home as well, the Crows. Yeah, they do. And I think the challenge for has just been for the boys' issues, just been able to back it up week in, week out. Now, we know we know when we're at home, um, <laughs> the excitement machines, Rank and Rochelle up front, they get the crowd going and everyone gets behind them. And, and we've played some pretty strong footy and they probably should have beaten Collingwood as well, who yeah. are the, the other flag favourite. Uh, alongside Brisbane there. But um, now now the challenge is, all right, we've, we've had the high of um, beating Brisbane at home at Adelaide Oval. Let's go away up to Darwin in, in different conditions against a team that you know are really strong contested. I think Stewie Jew's doing some fantastic things up there um, at the Gold Coast and you know, it's up up to the up to us now to go up there and hopefully win a bit different, but still get the four points as as that's what good teams do. I know firsthand there is a very big Adelaide Crows, I guess, supporter network yep. up in the territory. So I expect the fans to come out in full force. But you mentioned Isaac Rankin. It'll be the first time that he plays against his old side as well. So you expect there to be a little bit of heat in that one. Yeah, I know. And I'm not sure exactly of the terms he left, but Isaac's a really, um, you know, he's a, he's a kid you just love because he's so um, he's so infectious. Um, so it'll be interesting to sort of see what it's like playing against the Gold Coast Suns. But mm-hmm. credit to them, they've they've moved on um, pretty well. They've they've got some um, fantastic talent coming through, and they're playing some strong footy. But for Isaac, um, hopefully he can go out there and, and play well, and and hopefully you know get a Crows victory. Cannot wait for that one up at TIO Stadium this week and it is the Suns hosting the Crows. But, Sauce, you've been amazing as per usual, but that's about it. We don't have much time for anything else here on Footy Talk today. So if you have a question for us, get us on Instagram at footytalk underscore pod or if you're on TikTok, hit us up at footytalkpod tomorrow. You'll have Heater and Daisy. That's all from us. Thanks for listening to Footy Talk. Listener.